welcome to Uncontained, episode 102. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render, and on the show today, I have Alan Ritter and Adam Smith. Together, they make up the band EMG, and they have a new album out. It is self-titled and available on iTunes right now, so uh, check that out. I have a track off of that album coming your way right before we kick off the interview. In this episode, we talk about their approach to music and how seeing them live is never the same because they take the Frank Zappa approach to a show, never playing the same show twice. And, you know, they don't even have the same lineup for every show. Sometimes they get other musicians to come in and play along with them. We also talk about how the band formed, why they only have two core members They also pass on some great advice. Before I get to the track that I promised you, I want to thank you for all your support over the first 100 episodes, and now 100 plus, and let you know that there is uncontained merchandise available at tpublic.com. Get your coffee mugs, t-shirts, computer bags, they're all there. So uh, wear uncontained and support the show out on the streets. That would be much appreciated. I won't keep you waiting any longer, though. This is Run For Your Life from EMG. Run for your life. See when it's just too right. Watch the sunset. Feel no approaching grass. who you are. Look back. But trust the
I'm talking with Alan and Adam of EMG. How are you guys doing today? And welcome to Uncontained. Uh, we're, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having us. Doing great. Doing real great. Yeah, glad to be here. All right, great, man. Thank you for uh, joining me today, hanging out with me and all. And to get my listeners a little more familiar with you guys, do you have a little information about EMG? All right. Uh, well, uh, we kind of do everything. Uh, Alan and I, this is kind of our uh, passion project from you know, ground up and so we wrote all the parts ourselves, uh, all the words, and uh, uh, well, I played bass on everything and put it all together, uh, recorded it ourselves, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, did everything, produced everything. Uh, I'm the drummer, so I did all the, uh, the drums, uh, not all the percussion, some of the percussion, um, but we had a bunch of friends record on it with us to help finish it, all the parts that we couldn't, because... I'm not as good as everybody plays <laughs> uh, on it. It was a community project yeah. that we brought in a whole bunch of, uh, you know, family that we met over the years. Cool. So do you have, like, a vocalist and guitarist in the band as well? Uh, as of right now, no. Um, uh, there is, uh, there's really no band, I guess, per yeah. se. It's just uh, when we do shows, we throw together... You know, a group of our friends again, and and just play. You know, some of the songs we've written. Every okay. time you see us, it's a it's a unique version of EMG. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of like a Nine Inch Nails type thing, where you are, you two are the Trent Reznor of the band, writing yeah. everything, and then you either hire or bring on a group of friends to perform it live and make it come to life. Exactly. All right. All right. Cool. I'm picking up what you're laying down right now. So, uh, how did you two get together? Uh, we actually met in uh, tenth tenth grade algebra class or no, geometry geometry, geometry yeah. class many years ago. Okay. Uh, Alan was already playing music with some other people, and I was just kind of farting around on the bass. And then I heard about them needing a bass player, and I was like, oh. I, I do that. Let, let's see if uh, we can do it together. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was over 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. So you guys go, you got a little bit of history. You've met before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. we've been playing together since then, which, you know, people always comment on that's a good thing to have with a drum and bass player. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how old is EMG? Yeah, what we'd say about five years or well, um, it's been going back from the earliest instances it's going back 10 years uh 10 11 years that was when we were like we we're kind of writing some songs that weren't exactly what we wanted to bring to the band at the time we were like oh this is something for the future so uh you know over the years you change priorities and we're like let's Let's do that music stuff that we were working on a while ago. All right. And what does uh, EMG stand for? Um, that is um, the listener to determine itself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's kind of like we're not telling anybody what it means, but because we're just having like, we're really having a good time having our friends kind of guess at it and just come up with the worst, uh, the worst uh, anagram. Anagram? Yeah. 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 Uh, that'd be it. That'd be it. So, what are some of the most interesting ones you've had? Uh, like everything. Let's go. Um, Ermagerd. 
<laughs> okay. Has anybody gotten it right? No, yeah. and they never will. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna we're gonna tease it out uh, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, we will tell everybody what it stands for. How about egg McMuffin Grande? Hey, I love that. It's in the running. <laughs> all right, all right. So. Okay, so nobody knows what it stands for, except for maybe you guys, which uh, you might have just thrown some letters together. I'm not sure. Yeah, we, we do have it. We make sure to have there, it. There is a specific <laughs> specific name. Okay, locked up in EMG headquarters somewhere. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, perfect, perfect. So um, you guys have a new album that's out right now, correct? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is the title of the album? It is a, it's just self-titled EMG album. You try to keep it simple for the first one. So, so a band that nobody knows what it stands for and an album that nobody knows what the initials oh, stand for. Oh yeah. The mystery. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta intrigue people. Fair enough. So, um, that is out available on iTunes right now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. How about, uh, Spotify or any of those other digital outlets? Yeah, we're on uh, we're on Spotify too. All right. I just try to not tell people about it because I'd rather they buy the album. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see. But... <laughs> not to say they were greedy, but we are yeah. hungry. Hey, you know the starving musician and starving down. artist thing is true. People do need, yeah. uh, you know, to get a little something for their work. I understand yeah. that. We just, we just want to eat. Just as, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. You need to eat that egg McMuffin Grande. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be so good. <laughs> I prefer if you the. Repeat that enough, people will believe oh, it. Wait, no, nope. It's the egg McGriddle. There egg you Mc... go. McGriddle. The McGriddle, the McGriddle's where it's at. And no, I'm not sponsored by McDonald's. I'm just hungry right now. Were we eating one of those at the time too? (laughs) Right. All right. So, um, when you guys are out performing and stuff like that, what can people expect when they come to see an EMG show? I know you said it'd be unique, but is there is there something that a spectator can expect to see? Uh, The unexpected. The unexpected, every, every, huh? Every, every, he says that so flippantly, <laughs> but you know that it's kind of uh, how we operate. Uh, like uh, we, our, our songs that we read, they're not to say that they're uh, jam songs, but you know they're very jam inspired. So yeah, there's there's always evolving sections of the um, composition that we leave for improvisation because yeah, that's kind of what a lot of this. Uh, bore out of and it's this out of any project i've ever been in it's something uh to you know help push us to go a little further and you know try new things and so uh yeah sometimes so you always be getting a slightly different version of okay. any of our songs every yeah. time you come out okay i'm a, a big a big fan of frank zappa and that's one thing that i Learned from him a long, long, long time ago, is that you know he never played the same solo, and he never played the same show, uh, and it was always unique to that specific audience, and that always stuck with me. And I always thought that a band should should strive to do that, and that's what we're striving to do. Yeah, I love what we recorded on the CD, but you're never gonna hear it exactly like that. Never. Ever. Do you play? Do you play the same songs from the CD, just a different adaptation of them, or is it just you just go and improvise the whole show? Oh no, it's it's the songs that we we change for particular shows. So you'll you'll hear the songs. You'll just 
hear them uh, different from what you might normally expect. Mm -hmm. Like when we like to work with like blending songs together and, you know, uh, just giving a, you know, unique experience. Uh, it's example as, as we took like the, the last show that we played, uh, which was a while back, we uh, took one of our songs and, and kind of played it in three different parts throughout the entire show and, and melded our other songs within that song. And so it was like, you know, it was a couple of the songs felt like they were 30 minutes, but we actually played like four or five different songs within that 30 minutes or whatever. Okay. All right. So I've always wondered this about jam bands, and I know you can't speak for all jam bands. Maybe jam bands isn't the right word, but improvisational bands. Do you have a ballpark idea of what you're going to do going into the show or are you just like, okay, we're going to do this show um, and we'll just see what it feels like tonight? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, like a lot of the times, like we, we work pretty hard uh, at setting up a set list for the night and, you know, working at that set and getting transitions right. But there's also, you know, there's also portions of the songs where you just kind of go with how it's feeling. So it's not a certain amount of time or um, there, you know, we might switch up the tempo or the rudiment. So, and that's all happening live. It's, it's very much how the energy feels at the time, which, you know, it's hard to explain that without experiencing it. Yeah. So does it base on the feel that the crowd is giving you or on the feel that you have from the people that you are jamming with? Uh, with the people that were jamming, yeah, with, you know, it's, they, we, it's we, pretty we, much it's kind of insular on stage. It's you, you feel more of the energy from the other instruments. Okay, and for me, it's mainly following like Alan where he goes because, yeah, he's the heartbeat. Okay, yeah the the whole percussion section a lot of time is what leads a band. Yeah, so when, so when we jam and when we jam and stuff, we we use a lot of triggers, if you will. Uh, to where, like, a, a guitar, there'll be a lick that the guitar player will play, and that's the lick to change. You know, now you could play, uh, you know, five bars of a solo, and then he plays that lick, and then you're into the next part. Or he could play 20 bars of a solo, and then he plays the lick, and then you're into the next part. So it all, you know, that's how we we mean it when we when we say that, you know, section can be different and, and, and have different feels and things like that. It's a loose structure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So you have you have some idea of what's uh, gonna happen heading into the show. Yeah, yeah, we're not going up there completely, but although we have done that before, <laughs> I played hey. show last night completely by. Yeah. See. Well, there you go. Sometimes you got to fly by the seat of your pants. You know. Exactly. It's so when you guys are actually writing music for your CD or the al the album that you have out now, um, did you take that from improvised stuff on stage or did you sit down and write it together uh it was all it was always like uh born out of practices uh figuring or just you know somebody has a lick and we jam on the lick and uh alan and i depending on who's like mind it came out of we'll usually like start writing it by ourselves for a little bit then bring it together and it it we always try to work on the skeleton of what makes the song the song because it's, you know, it never really feels like it's set until you record it. Yeah. Then, okay, that's how the song is. But 
you know, even then we don't play it the same thing as recorded. But yeah, it's just it's figuring out what makes the song uh, structurally wise, what makes this strong, this song uh, go. And uh, then we just kind of layer on top of each other until something sounds awesome. And it, it, it takes a lot of revision when we try to go for some uh, higher concept stuff. So, you know, it's not the fast way of doing things, but at the end of the day, it comes out with a product I'm very proud of. All right, cool. So what do you mean by higher concept stuff? Uh, like we play with time signatures and uh, tempo. So um, just so, you know, uh, in different genres too. It's not like our album, it's hard to express what our genre is because it's like, we well, we just, we play for feeling more than an exact same, uh, like, oh, this is all rock. But it's like, no, it's rock. There's blues, there's soul, there's funk, there's all this Jam. stuff. So, we we don't you know we're not a pop band so we don't stick to like four chords or anything. Yeah, you know, I always say we play all the notes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Not mm-hmm. just the power chords or yeah. like yeah. There's like three chords that are used over and over again in almost every popular song. Oh and... yeah, I've seen I've seen that video a million times mm-hmm. where he plays three chords and it's every number one hit that you've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, but I think the people that did it were called the Key of Awesome or something like that. Access of Awesome. Uh, What's that? Access of Awesome was it? Access of Awesome. Uh, yeah, it could be. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but I was like, saw that. I was like, holy crap, they're right. Shit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so besides like Frank Zappa, like what you mentioned earlier, who do you pull inf- inspiration from? Uh, well, we we both have our like our separates, but we also have some common ones. Uh, yeah, the, the, like another huge one for me is Miles Davis. Okay, and and like with drummers with him, you know, like Billy Cobham, who then on went to do Mahavishnu Orchestra, which is now one of Adam's favorites bands yeah. and one of my favorite bands now. Like King Crimson, yeah, King or Crimson. He- we played uh, yes at our last uh, show, yeah, so like uh, that's how uh, one of my friends describes us. Is like, oh, they're the band who would play yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. What song by Yes did you play? Uh, Roundabout. Okay, all right. And it is we we did it kind of based upon a live version of Roundabout. Then we had the audacity to add our own flavor to it, <laughs> and we uh, blended it into one of our songs. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's two different ways to like approach a cover in my mind anyway. The first one is to try to capture it exactly and like try to be true to the original. Mm-hmm. Or the second is just take that and completely make it your own. Yeah. And that, that I, I love it when people make it their own. Like, I mean, well, yes, did that with uh, America, which is, you know, just beautiful song. Uh, but uh, I just saw a, a punk band last night. They played nothing but covers, but it's it's great because there's all these like pop covers, <laughs> uh, punked out, and I was like, yeah, these. It's like if you're gonna do cover, do it your own way and have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that school of it as well, and you know, in that way, you don't have to worry about trying to get the exact same pitch. You know. Yeah. Especially when people try to cover iconic bands and iconic artists, and it's like there's no way you're going to capture that, so you might as well just take it your own way. Yeah, and that's what I like to say. We always do is uh, when we're making our music, is like you know 
we're making our music. We're not like necessarily aping anybody. We're doing what we want to do and how we want to do it. And I, I, you can always respect, I think, somebody who does it their way, even if you don't like agree with it. It's like, hey, that you're representing yourself. So, yeah, definitely. Um, as a two-person writing team, what would be some of the biggest uh, challenges that you faced? Um, well, between us two, it, there's a ton of challenges because we're we're similar people with completely two completely different ideals on what we're trying to do, uh, and so it's hard enough with just two people writing songs. But I think that's that's important to have conflict like that because usually like through the entire writing process, I'll say, I want this way and he'll want it that way. And what works out in the end is usually when we find this common ground and it's, it's always like better than what uh, the other person wanted by themselves or whatever. So yeah, just adding more people to the mix would just probably make, take even longer and you just have to <laughs> settle on something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So maybe two is the right number for you guys. And, and and when we when we write parts for people, we give them a lot of of liberty and freedom still to express themselves. Yeah, like we we set boundaries or rules sometimes, and and you know they're they're to follow. But you know, as with anything, there are times to break those rules and and times to you know for that person to maybe you know shine a little more than what we wanted but in the end it turned out to be something incredible and we got a lot of that on this past record definitely so even within the stuff you write you give that you settled on you give a little freedom for whoever's playing it to bring out their version of it definitely like uh when we were recording people we'd always have ideas but we were like Let, let's hear like after listening to it it's like what do you hear and then we'd uh we worked with that because uh, it, it, it's a wonderful feeling when people kind of get it and it's like, you know, they play what you imagined it was going to be or even better uh, with, you know, just simple direction and uh, motivation, I guess, from uh, hearing songs. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, you guys have been playing, obviously, since at least the 10th grade, like you mentioned there. So quite a few years. Um, what advice do you have for somebody who is looking to either start a band or you know get get into the music business well if you're just starting a band uh be prepared to go through things that you probably didn't think that you would want to go through like what for example <laughs> well being in a band is like being in a relationship yeah it's it's, it's, with a bunch of people yeah <laughs> like having multiple girlfriends or boyfriends and and having to try to please all of them at once okay all right so, so yeah. musical polygamy yeah yeah and you know <clears throat> you know working with people is hard so it's like you gotta about everything you gotta be patient about uh yeah. you know just going through the process and it's like and there's there's always <laughs> something to be to be learning in a band too, whether it's, uh, well, outside of just learning the music, but you got to, you know, learn how to book shows, learn how to, uh, promote and all that. So if you go in expecting to be easy, you're going to definitely fail. Be, yeah. Fail. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hard thing. And, uh, but you know, you, you 
you just just learn as much as you can though because like you get fail, it because yeah. it's fun fail keep fail and do it again and fail again and fail again because you're only going to learn and you're going to keep learning and, and eventually you'll get it right then yeah. and then you're like oh okay and then that's how you do it and then you get better from there nice nice so what it, what would you say the thing is that you failed at the most and kept uh kept going after Oh, I don't fail. <laughs> oh, just other people do, right? <laughs> well, yeah. The biggest thing is learning, uh, learning how to uh, read the other people in the band because there's going to be everybody. Everybody's going to have their own ambitions and stuff, and you gotta, uh, you know, we've failed. We've had failing bands because everybody's not on the same page, and it's like you gotta. Everybody needs to always lay out what they want and what they want to do. And, you know, we, I've had to definitely learn how to say no to, or how to get out of projects where it's like, uh, wasting my time. And, and, you know, uh, you want to be in something where everybody's motivated and along the same path. I, that does sound like something important for a band to all have the same goal. Yeah. And, and I mean, too, but as, as you get older, um, yeah. And, and bands sometimes and don't work always, but there's are a lot of like artists and stuff who who will hire musicians and stuff and, and we work with like a big community of musicians to where you know emgs you know not necessarily a band right now but i can pull from you know uh, a bucket of musicians to to play this and then you know we can you know in turn play for a, a, another artist as you know the rhythm rhythm section for yeah them. Okay. It's like never, never burn any bridges. And yeah, yeah, never burn. Yeah. Always try to build bridges because yes, it, it's there's always the ne- uh, the musical network that will uh, you know survive past your band or whatever or your group or wh- whatever's going on. I think mm-hmm. that is some key advice right there as well, because um, you never know when you're gonna like need a guitar player or something like that. So yep, I, I've joined bands too after you know becoming friends with them on a previous band and stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah, definitely cool. So um what are you guys doing right now to promote yourself and your new album? Just a little online presence right now. Uh we are playing Nam this year. Uh, so if this uh episode comes out before Nam, we'll see you at Nam. <laughs> come on come over When is Nam? When is it or what is it? When? Well, well yeah. Explain uh, Vietnam or what? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're doing a tour over. Sorry, there. Nam is the uh, North American music something. I don't know the exact. Another M. <laughs> yeah, the exact acronym for it. But it's uh, at the Anaheim Convention Center. They do it every year. Uh, all the big names of every big company is there, um, and they, you know are promoting their new products, the new technologies that people are coming up with, um, you know, all that stuff. To music nerd conditions. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like E3 for musicians. So we'll be doing that at the end of the month. And then we have a show, uh, only one other show booked right now this year, um, which is in April, uh, which will be here in Los Angeles. So you can look at our website for that, but we'll be, we'll be floating around at some festivals this yeah. summer. Yeah, promoting so, on you know yeah. Instagram and Facebook and yeah. occasionally Twitter. 
All right, perfect, man. Uh, so with your show at NAM, which uh, through some research online, we found out it was National Association of Music Merchants. That sounds like a big show coming up. What are some other highlights that you have had uh, playing music? Um, recently, uh, we're in this other uh, band, uh, this other blues band. We had uh, Jerry Poindexter. Who is the uh, keyboardist from James Brown? Really? Uh, yep, he played with us. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. We played a James Brown song. Hey, we played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to mess it up. Yeah, he was totally dogging on us. He's like, "Man, you all boys better not fuck this up." Man, I'm gonna get on your ass. Well, I remember James hearing like James Brown used to like find people in his band if they fucked up the song like yeah, he, if they played a wrong note 100 percent true yeah so i can i can see how uh mr jerry poindexter would carry the same philosophy <laughs> it was it was all in good spirits he he loved it he had a great time um he, he'll be he'll be hanging around well he'll be in them with us but not playing with us okay that's really cool any other cool stories that you care to share uh, we, uh, we've done a lot over the years, you know, uh, probably one of the highlight, I guess the biggest highlight that came to my mind is, uh, in our first band together, we, uh, played a Halloween party in, um, Athens, Ohio, which probably doesn't sound too amazing to <laughs> people, but, uh, it's actually, it was the largest Halloween party, uh, in Eastern the United East, yeah. States. It's like 10,000 people where you're playing in front of, it was kind of crazy and wow yeah it, it was uh it was definitely one of those one of kind one of a kind experiences and it's halloween so we we're all dressed up as uh the muppets and mm-hmm. we did uh, <laughs> we did a couple of muppet songs you know nice great it was great right uh, very cool very cool so um now i as we talked a little bit earlier about your performance you said people can expect something different each time but what do you want your audience to take away and remember about your performance, whether it's your live performance or your CD? Um, I've always wanted to put out music that, you know, tries to at least inspire or wow somebody. It's like, yo, that's, that's something different. Like, because a lot of music I listen to right now, you know, it, it inspires me to play music. So hopefully that's the type of effect I want to have when you know people listen to our stuff you know where where you know we're always going for something a little extra and uh you know you can argue wh- whether or not that uh works or not but i think you have to you have to go out there to come up with something you know interesting I mean, you hear like uh you know top 40 song a lot of times it's like you heard that song already yeah i mean that that's the thing is with me is is when i go to a live show and and you hear the song, I mean, exactly the way they played it on the record. I mean, it's cool, but it's like, well, I could have just, you know, I could have just done that at home. Why did I have to pay all this money? And it doesn't make me want to see him again because it's like, I already saw him. Yeah. What, what are they going to do something different or yeah. get the same show? Yeah, it's like you're getting the same show. And, and with us, you know, we don't, we don't want that to, that to ever be the case of, oh, you like, you'll get bored of us. You know, we don't want yeah. that. Yeah. We get bored of each other or of ourselves very easily. 
So if we, if we make things that I guess aren't boring in a sense to us, we'll have more fun with it. And, and hopefully the audience will have as much fun as we're having. Yeah. I kind of operate as like, if I'm not having fun on stage, then there's, you know, how's the audience going to have fun? Very insightful there. And, you know, with the way you guys play live with the improvising everything, nobody can ever accuse you of having a uh, having a track behind you, a backing track. So oh, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not ever, ever, ever. I don't think Alan can play to a backing track. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So I'm getting close to wrapping up here. I have one more question for you guys. But before we get there, where can people find you either online playing out for shows uh where they where can they find your music we got our labels website andromedan.com slash emg social media we're at emg band uh and uh itunes uh find us on itunes emg uh, it looks like it's e period m period g period <laughs> okay it's like emg's the band emg's the album so yeah. that'll take you to where you need to go yeah. So, so you don't need to type in the periods, or do you need to type you in the periods? Yeah, you shouldn't have to, but iTunes did that. We don't know why. I think they do that with all acronyms. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you have a Facebook or Instagram people can contact you at, or check out some uh, news on you or anything? Yep. Uh, that's at EMG Band. Perfect. At EMG Band. All right. So I have one more final question uh, for you guys to answer today. It is the title question of the show. All right, Alan and Adam, I have one final question for you guys, and it is the title question of the show. How do you guys live uncontained? For me, seeing the end product. Um, it's like... You create something and then you you see it and, and through all those times of, you know, like you say, whoever thinks that you should do something else or, you know, find another path in life. Once you're done with that creation that you've worked so hard on and you see it, that there's no feeling that can top that. Yeah. And there's, you know, on the same wavelength, there's nothing like. Once I'm on stage and start playing music, you know, you, you feel while you're doing it. There's and there's nothing that should stop you when you, you know, if, when you feel at home on stage and you're playing the music that you wrote and produced yourself, that that gives you all the motivation to keep going. And, uh, you know, it's hard, but, you know, there's nothing like it. Very true. Very true. All right, man. So I, I want to thank you guys both for joining me on the show today. And uh, of course, of course, I can't have the show without great guests like you guys. And I have one final thing for you to do. All right. And that is sign off the show. Will you guys do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Of course. I'm Alan and I'm Adam. The, we're at EMG and and we love Uncontained and that does it for another episode of Uncontained thank you for listening and thank you to Alan and Adam of EMG for joining me today talking about what they do and uh, sharing some stories uh, with us here on Uncontained 
You guys, if you haven't already, should find Uncontained on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Uncontained Pod. Just uh, search that, add us, friend us, follow us, or whatever you do on that certain platform, and uh, let me know what you're up to. Let me know how you live uncontained, what you like or dislike about the show. Until next time, live uncontained.